0: Hello and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own season, we bring to you Career Talk with OG.
1: Welcome to business 100 uh, introduction to business we have our first guest speaker for the semester oscar garcia oscar is an international speaker he's a motivator he's also a corporate coach as well too and uh, the one thing that i really like about oscar is, is the energy he brings into his presentations i've actually heard oscar speak he's been in my classroom speaking in my classroom free by the way (laughs) you know that right (laughs) he's known that by now um for years and every time i hear him talk i always learn something new so i hope you get something out of this uh conversation as well too welcome to the class oscar thank you
2: uh professor tran uh thank you everyone uh for being here obviously you know for the last 20 months we've had to adjust and um i am just freaking excited to be doing my First, well, the last class was technically my first one, but to be here in person again, because uh, I've been tired. I mean, yes, we have a little camera going on here, but hey, man, when you're on Zoom for the last 20 months, I mean, did you guys get tired of like constant Zoom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who would have thought that we'd be looking forward to going back to school?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So, just, right. Thank you, Phil. Just uh, just some interaction, right? I mean, if you guys notice, um, there's only one instructor in the whole division that's teaching in person, and <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and, and, and when they ask for volunteers, I gladly raise my hand because I, so I live with myself, and so it's it's like it's I'm not gonna lie, it's freaking lonely, man. You know, it's freaking, I'm not gonna say you know it's freaking lonely, so I'm glad I'm glad we're all here in person. So, Oscar, uh, you right now your career is as a corporate coach. Uh, you also help uh, people, uh, get their dream jobs as well, too. Yes. Have you always had that career?
2: No. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background story, right? So, um, let me, let me take it back even a little further. Okay. Uh, cause then some of the things that I share with you in terms of some tips and, you know, and so forth, it's going to make sense. All right. I just didn't pull it out of the air. I didn't watch a YouTube video before I came over here. I'd be like, okay, now I got some tips and I'm going to share with them. I'm a first generation, uh, professional. I'm the only one in my family of 10 that went off to college. My dad worked as a dishwasher. My mom worked, uh, in, in the hotels as, uh, in housekeeping. And, um, I mean, they didn't speak any English. In fact, uh, in kindergarten, which is when I learned how to speak English, I became my parents translator until they passed away about six years ago. Some of you can kind of relate to that. Okay. And, um, And so I remember in junior year in high school, my counselor calling me into the office and she's like, hey, Oscar, you got some decent grades. Like, what do you want to do after you graduate? And honestly, I had no clue. I really didn't. Okay. But I knew how to play the game that we all play, right? With professors, you know, teachers, professionals, we tell them what they want to hear. And so I'm like, I want to go to college is what I told her. She's like, great where I'm like, oh, shoot. No, I'm not prepared for these questions. You know, And so I remember at the time my uncle lived in Oakland, right? On the border of Oakland and Berkeley. And so I'm like, you see Berkeley, I want to go to Berkeley. And she's like, okay. She pulls up the grades of the prior incoming freshman class. And she's like, Oscar, you don't have the grades to get accepted into Berkeley. Okay, guys, I don't know about you. I am negatively motivated, meaning you tell me I can't do something gonna prove you wrong so i stomped out of her office and uh i said i'm gonna apply to berkeley and i applied to berkeley and a bunch of other like four or five other uc schools and berkeley was the first one that accepted me oh my gosh i was so freaking excited so fired up right and i went out to college and uh after i graduated from college my very first job was in retail that chain is no longer around retail management Did that for only a year and a half because I turned into a Scrooge. I worked the holidays, okay? And that's if you work in retail, it's pretty tough. And people can be pretty mean, the shoppers, okay? And so I'm like, forget this. Um, Eventually, I got into tech, um, working for startups, uh, doing sales, different types of sales. Uh, Did that for like 12 years, um, different startups. And then um, uh, I decided to transition out of there and worked, uh, went to go work for the local chamber of commerce for almost seven years. Um, And then I decided like, you know what, I think I want to try something new, like something different. And I left the chamber, didn't have anything lined up, had done some informational interviews. And um, uh, LinkedIn was one of the companies that I had done some informational interviews with. And they reached out to me uh, shortly after, I'm like, hey, we got this one-year contract position doing community relations work. Are you interested? I'm like, sure. So I went to go work at LinkedIn uh, for a year, and it, it it also gave me some some time to really think what it is that I wanted to do, and I decided that I wanted to start my own business. And so now, uh, for the last six years, I've been on my own. Um, uh, started uh, a speed of consulting, and we focus on. The consulting side doing community relations, workforce development work, and then on the training side, um, do career development training, leadership training um, for young professionals as well as those that are 40 and older. <laughs> so,
1: so yep. Oscar, that's a quite a journey that you took just to arrive to where you're at here, and it wasn't a straight no. turn. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't a direct journey. So, what I get in my classroom. A lot from my young students, but uh, just all my students in general, it's like, I don't know what I want to do how do how do I figure out what I want to do in life? I don't know what my passion is. yeah, because I've gotten that that question already this semester in multiple classes. Yeah. So how do you respond to to young professionals who yeah. ask you that question? So uh,
2: everyone, I mean, Listen, there's different ways to try to figure out what it is that you want to do, right? Like you can take some tests, like, you know, they have these, um, like personality tests that you can take Myers-Briggs and, Yeah, Myers Briggs, and so forth. And like, I've done those and like, I'm not saying don't do it again. I'm going to come to you from a very practical standpoint. Okay. And what I encourage you to do is just try different things, try different things, um, and when you try those opportunities, you're either going to find out that you really do enjoy them or you'll find out that you don't enjoy them. And either way, it's going to be a lesson. Um, not only that, but also think about the people that you will come across and meet when you try these opportunities. Because that's the other key thing too, is the whole, you know, we always hear like networking, connecting with people. Hey, like when I transition from tech to the chamber, I had zero Chamber experience. My competition had 25 years of Chamber experience and she was an interim Chamber CEO. And here comes knucklehead Oscar Garcia. Didn't even know what a Chamber of Commerce did. Like probably most of you don't. We hear Chamber of Commerce, we're like, what does really Chamber of Commerce do? That was me. And I got hired. And the reason I got hired is because one of my friends was on the board of the Chamber. He advocated on my behalf networking, those connections,
0: right,
2: so, yeah,
1: and, and that's why I have all of you open up, uh, create a LinkedIn accounts, and I had one student in previous semesters ask me, do I get kickbacks for every LinkedIn account that I sign up, and uh, first of all, you didn't have to enter a, a code or anything, right, when you signed up for LinkedIn, <laughs> I said, I wish, and the reason why I promote LinkedIn so hard is because I've seen it benefit so many people, not just you, but also young professionals. Um, and i am you know i'm technology agnostic meaning i i i I, i'm not i don't prefer certain technology over the other i'm i i prefer the technology that's work that works and is effective and right now it's linkedin tomorrow it might be snapchat tomorrow the the week after that might be TikTok. i don't care whatever technology it takes for people to build their careers and have successful lives that's the one i'm going to promote and right now it's linkedin and when you're talking about building networks so, you know, you you often hear the the saying, right? Uh, it's not what you know, but who you know. Yeah. Well, how are you supposed to know people if you're just going to be in your little bubble? Yeah. Go out and connect. Go out and connect, and, and LinkedIn is a great platform for that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. I yeah. yes. I I I mean, think about you are in in an era, okay? That Professor Trent and I weren't didn't have when we were. Um, you know, early in our career from the standpoint that back in the day, if, if I wanted to get noticed out there, it was either get invited to be on the radio, newspaper, TV. So, I mean, and think of it, you think like I would get invited? Like, no, right. It's really someone that's really famous, et cetera, and so forth. But today you and I can get on Social media can get on YouTube, can get on podcasts or start some of those and get our name out there. I just posted earlier today on LinkedIn, um, uh, a post about you know just mentoring and giving back and so forth. And I don't know about an hour and a half or so ago, I looked at it and it had like 2,700 views. Now I also know you know those of you that really know numbers and statistics on social media. Views doesn't mean 2,700 individual people. Let's just say, let's just be super conservative and it's only 10% that are actual individual people at that 2,700. That's 270 people that in the last four or five hours saw Oscar Garcia and I didn't have to pay anything. I just had to put it up there. And so you have that, I have it and we didn't have that before. And what that means is visibility for you getting out there. But like anything, guys, gym equipment works, but your rear end needs to show up and get on the treadmill. And I'm going to tell you something, this is and this is no disrespect to any of you, but numbers don't lie as a group. 90% of you here are never going to do anything that he tells you or that I tell you or any of the other speakers. That's just the way life works.
1: Um, no, that, that is true, Oscar. I've, I, There's a, you guys ever heard of this word called ask hole? Ask, yeah, I know, ask, like an ask a question, ask hole. Do you guys ever heard of that word? I just learned, I just, I just found out this word because one of my friends called my other friend. I was like, dude, stop being an ask hole. I'm like, what, what the heck is that? He says, oh, that's the person who's always asking you questions, but never takes you up on any advice. You, you always got friends like that? Like, oh, Oscar, what should I do this with my care? Oh, Oscar, what should I do that? Who should I date? And then, then they give them advice and they don't do it. I'm like, stop asking me questions. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's true. Um, so, as a young professional, LinkedIn seems so intimidating. What okay. could you possibly post of value to other professionals? Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: it, it is. It really is intimidating, right? Because I mean, we have professionals there, right? Your could be your boss or a prospective employer. And then, you know, of course, we also hear like, hey, you know, stuff that wants on social media, you know, can come back and haunt you and all that type of stuff. So I always like to kind of help people take some baby steps. And why one, one baby step that you can take is go to your college's um, alumni, uh excuse, alumni sco- uh, school school page, like on LinkedIn, and you do this on social, all the social media platforms, okay? Follow it. Secondly, on LinkedIn specifically, it's a really cool feature, and it's available to, for free, okay? Where you can go on there to the alumni, to your school page under the alumni tab, and you can do searches up for your alumni from here based on what year they graduated, what company they work for, industries, major. So let's say you're a software developer and you do a search. Maybe you you don't want to talk to old farts like me. You want to talk to someone that graduated in the last five years. Fine, do a search, and then connect with them. Oscar, what do I say to them? Hey, Mary, you know what, I noticed you graduated, you know, back in 2016, uh, College of San Mateo, Uh, you're working now at Facebook, you know, doing software development. I'm a software development manager, can we connect? Almost 100% of the time, people are going to connect because they're alumni, right? We have something in common. So start with, with that. The second thing that you can do is just start liking some of the posts that are in your area, either your major area of interest. And you don't like what I mean, just like, you know, how you we do it like on Facebook or Instagram, you just kind of do the little heart or, you know, the, the, the thing, just do that. Eventually you're going to, graduate to or move up to where maybe you'll comment on someone's post yeah. and then maybe you'll then move on to where your senior year thesis right you, you know at some colleges you got to do your senior thesis right well now you're going to write a post yourself so just take those little baby steps first guys
1: you know i was the same way when i first started linkedin i had this major imposter syndrome and I started liking posts, and then once it'll, and then I would start sharing articles or sharing other people's posts. That means I don't have to write anything. And now I've gotten to the point where I, I'll write something, but it's like two sentences <laughs> because I'm like who the heck wants to hear me talk, you know? But I'm taking baby steps, and at some point maybe I'll get to the point where I actually write a full, full on uh, article or post within LinkedIn. Um, but those are great strategies, um, you know. and, the thing with the LinkedIn is, is that in terms of uh, as far as we talk about with networking wise, you've, if, if you're trying to connect with someone and you, and you want and you're asking them in an honest, genuine way, and they reject your connection, you've just vetted them out. That's not, is that someone you want to network with anyways, especially when you're asking them kindly, Hey, we went to the same college together. Just wanted to know if we can connect. You're not trying to sell them anything. You're not asking anything for them. And if they just ignore you, it's like, well, that's probably not someone you want to connect with or stay in touch with anyways. Um, I had one student come to my class where I brought it because you, you'll see the format of this class. is You're just going to get uh, tons of guest speakers. And this student asked me, Professor Tran, it seems like you've been working for a while. Um, it seems like you've been working for a while and you have a lot, you have a big network. When are you going to introduce this to your network? I'm like, I haven't you been paying attention to class? Like, who are these guest speakers I've been bringing in this whole semester? Like, what do you want me to do? Do an introduction? I mean, you need to step you need, you need to get involved and you need to be proactive as well too so if you want to grow your network the first place you start i think obviously it's going to be your, your classmates classmates a good place to start
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's who i think you would start with the second place you start if you want start connecting with your professors here at the college or wherever you, wherever you go to school but, and if you want to level up from that how about some of the guest speakers that you're going to be introduced to you can connect with them. That, that's how you build a network. You're not going to build a network overnight. Just like you're not going to have knowledge overnight. It takes time. It's like it's like what a Warren Buffett says. Everything takes time. You can't, uh, uh, you, know, you know, I think he had this comment about making a baby. You you can't uh, you can't make a baby in less than nine months. It just takes time, and that's what networking is. It just takes time. You just have to go do
0: it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Patience. Okay. Being yeah. It, uh, for the long run, um, to do it. And uh, it, it will definitely will pay off the, the results. Uh,
1: so in all my classes, as you know, you have these group projects. And a lot of t- and inevitably, in every group project, I always get a message from students saying, um, member X is not doing their work. What should I do? How do I get them? How do I motivate them to do their work? And so my first response to them is, well, here's an opportunity for you to work uh, practice on your leadership skills. And like, and then they'll agree, they'll not. And then they're like, okay, so like, what do I do next? What do you say? What are your suggestions, Oscar, for, for, for people who are in situations of leadership where they have control over individual contributors? How do you motivate someone who is demotivated or unmotivated?
2: Yeah. So you're going to find that, I mean, eventually if you are in a position where you are managing people, leading people, that's, that's going to happen. And, um, one, one of the skills that's important is the communication skills, um, empathy uh, as well, and uh, encouragement or motivation. So communication skills, you know, one thing that the, the pandemic has taught us many things, but one of the things that it taught us is to step back, ask some questions and see what really is going on in people's lives back in July of last year, my daughter uh, got COVID. And so obviously, I was worried, right? And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, and and then like, I couldn't really go visit her, right? Because she had to quarantine herself and all that type of stuff. And so there was a period of time when I wasn't responding to voicemails, emails, etc. And if you didn't know that, like most people didn't, you would think that I was being like, just like I dropped the ball being neglectful, right? But when a few people did ask, like, "Hey, Oscar, how's, how's everything going?" You know, etc. and so forth, then I told them, like, "Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Take your time. You know, no, 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 no. Take care of a daughter, and so forth." Like they were understanding, right? So it's like that communication. Okay. So I encourage you, like, if you're in that situation with someone isn't contributing, like, talk to them. Like, find out, hey, you know, anybody, like, what's going on? I mean, you, you know, you're always on top of things. You know, obviously, I know you also want to do well in this class. Uh and uh, we value you uh as a as a member of our team. Uh, you know, we've had some some meetings, you haven't shown up, we haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? Right? But you you notice how I the way I did it, it's like you give them the benefit of the doubt, right? You just like count on them and be like jerk. what's up? Okay. Um and um and and also that that empathy that I that I mentioned to you uh is also very important as well. Um, so those are just some of the ways that I, I encourage you to to follow through with this person. I mean, ultimately, right, if, if the person you talk to them and the person still isn't following through through, then, you know, you bring it up to the boss over here. Right. And let him take care of it. <laughs> okay. uh,
1: remember our lecture on uh, communication, how you can say the same thing, but just say it in a different way. So it's nicer. If someone is not contributing, you can ask them what is going on. When are you going to actually turn in your work? Or, as uh, Oscar framed it or reframed it, you can ask them. We notice that you have not been turning in the work that's been due. What can we do to help? Is there anything that we need to know? You can ask. You can ask the same question, or you're trying to get the same answer, but you're asking in a different way so that so that you're building that uh, a better relationship. You're not saying so with, with such a harsh tone. Yeah. Um, a lot of young students as well too would like to be in a position where they're leaders so for example there are some students in here that are managed that are are uh, um, seeking management degrees however they do not have management experience if you are not in a management position but you want to get management experience what's your advice what can you do to 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 build up your management skills when you're not in a position of management yeah so So
2: Learn to manage yourself. Learn to lead yourself. Okay. Take, be (laughs) self-disciplined. I mean, the fact that you're here obviously says a lot. The fact that you you know, I mean, the reality is, and this is one thing that I realized first day on campus, okay, uh, when I was in college, then like the professor will never know and really doesn't even care if I show up to class or not. It's just that I just show up, submit my homework, take the test, they grade it and they're good to go type of thing okay so it's really you know my my decision to show up so um learn again how to manage yourself lead yourself um next is is that in terms of actually leading people and so forth um one of the things that i actually would encourage you to do is look at some of these job descriptions for like a management role And, and it doesn't matter where it could be you know uh Managing a, a shift at a, at a retail store, or at a restaurant or whatever, just and look at what some of the skills that they are asking for. The reason why I tell you to look at some of the skills is because the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to start looking back at your own personal life and start thinking about your life experiences and see where in your life experiences, you might actually have already used some of those skills. Let me give you a specific example. Okay. So, um, when, uh, when I was like in fifth grade, my parents started a side business on the weekends. Um, it was a butcher business. Okay. And all of a sudden I just disappeared on the weekends from my, my friends, um, and all that type of stuff. And I didn't like doing that. You know, I was embarrassed about it, but I did it anyways. And one of the things that I learned was a work ethic. That was when I was in fifth grade, you guys, but but did I know the entire time when I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school, and even into college? Like looking back, oh my gosh, I learned no. It wasn't until later, and then I did what I just told you, look back at some of my life experiences and be like, holy smokes, I was already bussing my rear around, working hard as an 11-year-old. So look back at some of your life experiences and look at what are some of these skills that you can potentially relate to these roles of management. Okay.
1: You know, in, in terms of management, uh, my parents taught me something about management and not because they sat me down and say, hey, Phil, this is how management works. It's just through observations, because, you know, our parents, you know, my parents, I, I wouldn't trade them for the world. They're, they're they're. I mean, I couldn't ask for better parents, but they're not perfect. Right. They're not perfect. Just like we're not, you know, perfect children of our of our parents. However, I look at things that I like about them and I look at things that some of their shortcomings as well, too how is that related to management? Well, I do the same thing when I work for other companies. When I work for other companies, I look at how certain managers treat me and I see and I observe, well, I like how this manager is doing this, but I don't like how this manager is treating me there. And then and then when I was in a position of leadership, I was like, okay, I think I know what type of manager I want to be because I was able to observe all of them. Mm-hmm. I use the same philosophy also in teaching as well too. Um, I know that my style is not perfect and it doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't resonate with everyone. But I look back and I think about, man, which teachers really made an impact on my life? Which teachers uh, Mm -hmm. I would not recommend? And then I'm gonna do more of what, what, you know, along the lines of what teachers are liked and maybe avoid some of the bad habits that maybe there's some instructors that I didn't think um, was helpful for me. So even if you're not in a management position first, just the idea of just having that observation and that awareness and keeping that observation open. This is just from the, the webinar with Curtis, a couple of weeks ago when he talked about uh, problem solving. A lot of it is just awareness. And, you, and I, I, I read what you, uh, what you posted in the discussions. Just having that ability to aware and just to be able just to uh, sit back and observe, you can learn, you can, it sounds so simple, but you can really learn a lot. Um,
2: you, uh, what you just said is, is spot on. Um, you can also observe what not to do. When uh, when I transitioned from tech to working at the chamber, it was like mixed uh, with two feelings. On the one hand, I was freaking fired up and excited because I'm like, yes, I got the job. And then on the other hand, I was like scared because I'm like, oh shoot, now I got to perform. Like, ah, like, I've never done this before. And so what I did, what I didn't do, let me say is what I didn't do is I didn't start talking to a bunch of the other chamber executives. To see how um, to run a chamber, and that sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, wait a minute, why wouldn't you talk to these other chamber executives? The reason why is because we wanted to take our chamber in a different direction compared to the other chambers. In fact, I actually came up with the with the tagline, "We're not your grandfather's chamber of commerce," because we wanted to attract more startups, tech companies, and a lot of the other local chambers were very traditional the way they were run. I, so it's like, I didn't talk to him except for one chamber executive that I, to this day, I respect uh, a lot. Uh, I talked to him, but all the other ones, cause I, I'm like, I
1: don't want what you got.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Any questions there about leadership? Has anyone ever in a position where they, where they uh, had a really good manager where they worked for a manager that was like, wow, this is a really good manager. Yeah. What was it about the manager that you liked? Oh, you didn't. Uh, anyone here that has a manager that they really liked, really that they really got along with, they really respected? Yeah. What was what What was it about that manager? Very forgiving. Very forgiving. Yeah. So that gave you a lot of confidence and feel that it was okay to fail. Exactly, yeah. 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 That's definitely a positive. Yes. Ah. Uh, Ah, playful tone. Yeah. Instead of a harsh tone, we all know that leading with the carrot is better than leading with the stick. Correct? Uh, Juan. Yes. that manager was really it was really um, going. I mean, like, yeah. You could talk to her like, uh, like a friend. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she would say, but do worry, Juan, uh, if you're making mistakes, maybe that's the you are Yeah. Yeah. And and you know and it's and also for some of you who have not been uh, have not yet been in that professional uh, environment, it does sometimes the relationship transcends beyond uh, an employee or a coworker relationship to friendship. Now I'll give you an example of one um, a, one manager that I really got along well. Uh, when I worked at Ducati, the motorcycle company, the CFO, uh, I really got along with him really well. And when I left the company. And we, we would play golf together. We would play tennis together. When he left the company, when I left the company, I found out later that he actually moved to Africa. Well, guess what? I went out there. I went to Africa and visited him. And that's mm-hmm. how cool we were. And then when he came back, he would come over. Even when, he, even, when, even when his wife came back with their kids and he wasn't there, I hung out with his wife and their kids at the, you know, at the pool of my house. So it's okay. I'm not saying it's required for you to, to have that type of close personal relationship with people that you work with but don't shy away from it if it ends up leading towards that because it could last beyond just you working there because you know nowadays i mean how long do people work at a company anyways right we we you know people job hop all the time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so um oscar uh in terms of networking i know that you are an introvert you prefer to, at t- you know, the definition of introvert, I believe, is just someone who gets energy from just being alone versus energy from other people. So as an introvert, because I'm an introvert as well, too, trust me, sh- shelter in place was, I loved it for about six months. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for you, extrovert. <laughs> I know. I was feeling so bad for my extrovert friends. I'm like, oh man, I'm loving it. I, I loved uh, shelter in place. But then, man, after six months, nine months, like, okay, when yeah. is the in-person going to start? <laughs> I need interaction. Yeah. Um, as an introvert, how do you network with someone when you're just so sh- when you're when you don't get that energy from the other person?
2: Yeah. Um, so those of us that are introverts, um, we we realize that God gave us in one mouth for a reason and we use them accordingly. In other words, we listen more. And see, this is the other thing that I found out as an introvert is generally speaking, all of us. I don't care if you're an extrovert, introvert, ambivert, whatever. We all want to feel heard. Think of like when, and, and I, like I learned this early on when I was in retail, I, I, a customer would come up and complain, like, oh, this blah, blah, blah. And I, honestly, like we couldn't do anything, but I learned to just listen to that customer and basically vent. And then I would tell him, you know what? I agree with you. I, I mean, it's, I don't agree. You know, the, the policy store policy, I don't agree with it, but there's nothing I can do. And there would be like, thanks for listening. And they would walk away. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's all it took. But it was because we all want to feel heard. So here's to help you out. One is reach out to people and reframe networking to more of just being a friend. I could do that, and I think all of us can go up to someone and What's your name, buddy? Ibrahim. 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 You know, hi Ibrahim. I'm Oscar Garcia, and he's either going to reach back out and be, hi Oscar. I'm, I'm Ibrahim. And if he reaches back out, that's the first step to that developing a friendship. I also need to have a thick enough skin that if he doesn't, I'm okay with it. And I'll go, buddy, what's your name? Joe, Joe. and I'll be like, hi, Joe, I'm Oscar Garcia. And maybe yeah. Joe does say hi. Then, so that's the very first step. So just be a friend, okay? Secondly is, going back to what I just mentioned, is listen, right? You ask some questions. Joe, buddy, man, I love that shirt, man. Nice color, Adidas. You, you, you look like you pay, play tennis or volleyball, I don't know, right? You're just you just small time to start taking some little, again, baby steps, right to do that. And then the last thing is, is that always look at seeing what you can do for someone else, adding value. Don't network because you have the intention that I want to get something out of Joe, because people are going to eventually pick up on that. And. Mm-hmm. I want to feel
1: these, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this whole process. I think uh, once I, once my, uh, my network got to a certain size where I felt really comfortable with the size of my network, I realized how I got to that point where I was able to accumulate so many uh, people that I knew that could help me and I could help them was this whole idea of giving. And when I say giving, I'm not talking about you're going to help them move on the weekends, you're going to cook them dinner. You don't even have to give that way. It's not even necessary. I'm talking giving in terms of they posted something click like how much effort does that take? Or if you even want to go beyond that, you can say, I really liked your posts. Or if they're starting a new job, they, they, they change or on LinkedIn or Facebook, or it doesn't matter, whatever, whatever platform that you engage them in good luck on your new job. How, how hard is it just to be nice? And when you start being nice and you start giving even in that way, even though it may seem small you start building that reputation. And when you talk about personal brand, they're going to think of, man, Ibrahim, dude, everything I post something, he's always so positive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's not, oh, you're starting a gap. Oh, I worked there. It sucks. You're not, that. you know, you're not that, you're not (laughs) going to be that guy or that person. You're always, you always have that. You're always been positive, but you're giving in some way, even if it's in a small way.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Always. And I actually learned this uh, from Professor Tran, um, where he said that even it doesn't matter where you are, like you could literally be out in the streets, but we can all give something and that gift can be a compliment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just giving a compliment. Um, And the other question I get a lot too from my students is that sometimes they feel overwhelmed. They, whether it's, oh my God, I got to start networking. Oh my gosh, I got to get a college degree. I want to start a business, but where do I start? It's just too overwhelming how do you overcome that feeling of feeling so overwhelmed that you have the deer in headlight syndrome It's analysis paralysis is what they say. You're analyzing so many things you're doing that you're paralyzed. You end up doing nothing. Yeah, It's like, you know, so how do you overcome those types of struggles? Yeah. Has anyone faced that by the way before us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's a trick.
2: So, <laughs> folks, here's the thing is, is that, there's some things that, that could be going on. Okay, in terms of that's making us feel overwhelmed. One just could be it could be that we don't know how to say no and set boundaries, right? We're always Yes, I'll help you. Yes, I do this. I mean, I, I found myself, you know, because I do enjoy helping other people. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, I overcommitted, right? And so you feel overwhelmed, because then I also have my own. I got to put food on my table too. Okay. And that type of stuff. Um, so think about that, right? What 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 is causing you to feel overwhelmed? Um, another another could be at feeling overwhelmed, like to your to your point of, or the examples that you used about, you know, starting your business or you know you need to get that college degree by a certain time. Are you comparing yourself to your um, to your peers, or are you trying to please mom and dad because maybe they're putting out the bill, or you're living under their roof, or they just in general are like. Hey, you know, Jeff, you need to like, hurry up. Your brother, your sister finished in X number of years, right? So you got to think about what are, what's causing these feelings uh, for you to feel overwhelmed because there isn't, there isn't one set answer, okay, to to get you to overcome that. So identify uh, those, those things. Um, But the other thing though, is, is that um, this analysis paralysis, I used to be guilty of that. It really was. I mean, I used to be the one that, you, any, any of you guys ever put IKEA furniture together and yeah. seen the instructions? Right. I, yeah. And say, like, there's just drawings, little, <laughs> little figures, right? Like, they're really simple. I don't think they even have words, or it's rare that there's any words on the uh, assembly instructions. I was so anal that I would look to find the words to go with that, those instructions. And then life happened, and I never did anything. And I would put things on the back burner. And then I realized I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of never really doing my dreams, pursuing them. And I said, you know what? Activity beats perfection. Activity beats yep. perfection. Yep. Just doing something is going to move me in the right direction. Yep. Okay. And and so for me, that's, that's, those are some of the things that, that I have done to overcome that feeling of overwhelmed.
1: I have too much. Sometimes it is okay to say no. Do you guys know what the U.S. Air Force, what their slogan is? U.S. Air Force? Aim high. And uh, I tell people, no, aim low. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? So here, who here feel like they wish they could be a little bit more fit? A little bit more fit than they currently are. I'm not just talking about weight loss, but just more fit in general. Yeah? So I have that feeling all the time. And so you see this at the gym in January every year. <laughs> can't find parking. Can't find parking. Oh my God! That guy's been squatting on that rack for like two hours. When is he gonna leave? Or you know, and people just uh, monopolizing, uh, uh, you know, treadmills. And then February, March, and next thing you know, you got the whole gym to yourself, right? So I can, I can't. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, right? But I can tell you what has worked for me. What for? What what has worked for me is this concept, what I say, aim low. So for example, uh, during COVID, I got carried away, ate too many In-N-Out burgers, went to Chick-fil-A one, one time too many, and the gyms weren't open and I wanted to get back into shape, but I couldn't, I just couldn't get myself to do it. So I just told myself, you know what, um, I'm going to do hundred burpees, but I'm not going to do it in one day and I'm not going to do it today. What I did was I aimed low, 10 burpees, not consecutive, just 10 burpees a day. The next day, 20 burpees, not consecutive, just 20 burpees. I don't care when I do it. I just going to do it. 20 burpees. And so after 10 days, I got to hundred burpees. And so to Oscar's point, the idea is just to get started. However, how do you get started? You get started. You're overwhelmed because you're trying to reach perfection. You're trying to be that you, you have this perfect idea of what you want to be. You want to have that business tomorrow. You want to have that six pack tomorrow. You want to have these goals achieved tomorrow, but, but, but by, by aiming for perfection so quickly, it's, it's hard to get started. Mm-hmm. So I say aim low, whatever it is. And I'm constantly always, for me, I'm constantly always gauging my confidence level. Because I've seen what happens when I don't have confidence, and I've seen what happens when I do have confidence, and I observe that in other people as well, too. So I'm always gauging the same way that's, that some people always are always on the weight scale and they're always gauging and see, oh, okay, what's my weight? Okay, I, I can't be over this weight or I can't be under this weight. I'm always gauging, okay, how confident am I feeling right now? How confident am I not feeling? And guess how confident I feel when I say I'm going to do 10 burpees. And you know, 10 burpees, it could, I'm just throwing out a number that worked for me. It could be two burpees for you. It could be one sit-up. It could be half a push-up. It doesn't matter. The point is that every day you're incrementing. And after, if you increment every single day, where are you going to be? a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. Yeah. So I always say aim low and manage that confidence. Cause once you start saying you're doing something and then once you start doing it, you're like, Oh man, I'm actually doing it. And so I fell off the wagon. I, I celebrated, I went on a trip. Um, I went on a trip for my birthday last month and I was doing hundred burpees for like a few days and I haven't done, I haven't done hundred burpees in like <laughs> six weeks, right? No, not six weeks, uh, five weeks now. But uh, guess what? I started up again. And what did I start with? I started with 40 burpees because I wasn't as out of shape as I was before. But I didn't jump in and do started. Okay, I'm going to go back to 100. Oh, it's too overwhelming. Forget it. I'm not going to do it. 200 is too much. But I worked. I started with a number that was doable for me. I aimed low. Does that make sense? So whatever it is. Yeah, Ibrahim. Let's say like, like for example, uh, you could have felt bad that you didn't get to 100. Yeah. That's 90. And then you're going to. Make exactly feel okay. yeah and then when you aim low you know you were just happy just getting that exactly that motivated you. exactly so i'm always managing that confidence because we you know who you know who our worst critics are right <laughs> ourselves yeah like, dang it man i told her i was gonna i said i was gonna go to the gym today but i didn't go today man i'm such a freaking ugh, i'll just go tomorrow and then but oh but every time i go to the gym oh no i gotta work my pecs i gotta work my back oh, man. you know it's like it's too overwhelming so we end up not going Forget it. Forget going to the gym. Just go do two pushups today, and then tomorrow do three pushups. But the key is you can either do it at the same level or you increment. But make sure it's incremental in a way where you know it's, you're setting yourself up for success. Not, I'm okay tomorrow. I'm going to the gym for three hours. How likely is that going to happen if you haven't been in the gym for a year? You're still going to be thinking about it, right? And like a year later, you're still thinking about it. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. You you uh, you remind me of. Um, I mean, high, in high school and college, you know, you have like group projects, and then afterwards, you got to present them as a group in front of the class. Basically, speak in front of the class. Uh, seriously, public speaking, I hated it, terrified me. I would tell my uh, my group in college, I'm like, everyone, I will research that paper, I will write it, but I don't want to speak. No, I don't want to do it. Right. And then I had some friends that were like, literally, we were, we were in the same class and they, the professor were calling them and they could just speak for like 10, 15 minutes off the cuff, And I, and I felt dumb and inferior next to them. Cause, cause I was like, but I read the same thing. And like, I didn't get that concept out of that. Like, wow. Like, oh gosh, they were very extroverted today folks. And this is an insight and, and you, you're not going to remember this right now, but 20 years, 30 years from now, you're going to remember that I just told you this. Those same extrovert people today, were not connected on social media, especially on LinkedIn. they are afraid to post something on LinkedIn, they're afraid to verbalize something these extroverts. In other words, I don't know, either they've given up live beat them up. And this extrovert, this ESL kid, English as a second language. OK, who gets drained doing this. I'm out there posting stuff, being active on social media. Why? Because I kept taking these little baby steps, little baby steps, and they stopped taking those baby steps.
1: Yeah, it's it's to me. It's uh, it's about incremental improvements. And I don't care how how big the increment is. It could be one percent. But if you improve one percent, you know, in three months that's a hundred percent improvement already. So uh, you just got to be patient and just follow the process, but just, you know, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a motivational speaker. I can only tell you what's worked for me. I've aimed low my entire life and look where I'm at. (laughs) It worked out. So yeah. So um, yeah. Interesting. Any, anyone share stories there in, in, in terms of motivation that they've had to deal with or had to overcome at all? It's hard, right? Motivate, because it's it's in between your ears, right? The problem is in between your in between your ears, and the solution is in between your ears. So how do you get yourself? How do you give yourself? How do you train your mind in a way so that you can overcome your own obstacles? Yeah. Well, I think that the
0: starting point of just doing one, getting yeah. yourself going, yeah, is so amazing. Because
1: I mean, as someone who some days like I just don't want to feel like getting out of bed, yeah. So, well, if I wake up and I spend 10 minutes on my phone, then I'm going to go back to bed. Yeah. Part of it is just waking up and realizing, well, if I want to go to the gym at noon for three hours today, I need to start by getting myself out of bed at eight. Yeah. that first sip
0: of coffee, first sip of 100%. water. 100%. Like, because
1: I'm just not going to do it at all if yeah. I don't do the first step right as I wake up. Yeah, 100%. No, you're yeah. totally right. And, and then you get that announcement of paralysis when you're in bed all day because you're thinking, three hours at the gym, three hours at the gym, but you're just, but just taking that first step, as you said, how about just removing the covers from your bed? That's the first step, right? Instead of being all warm in your bed. So yeah, I totally agree with you.
2: Yeah. And, and, and you know what, uh, buddy, what's your name? Michael. Michael. Michael really brings up a really uh, excellent point because sometimes the victory is just getting up. It's not even going to the gym. You could probably, because yeah. yeah, there's been times because I've experienced this it, where I go to the gym and I, I have the worst workout. I, I, I just just like oh man, I just didn't feel it today. But then I step back because again we right we beat ourselves up. And I'm like wait a minute, no Oscar. But you know what though, you got yourself out. That today was your victory. And then there'll be another day where I go up to the gym and I have that best
1: freaking yeah. workout. I
2: mean, it feels great.
1: Yes. We're like we're our biggest critic, but we also have to be our biggest supporter. Totally. Yeah. I mean, if if we're lucky, we have fa- uh, family, friends, partners that can be our supporter. But you can't rely on other pers- on other people, even people who love you. And you'd have to just build that mentality in your brain to, to be your biggest uh, cheerleader. I, I'm not going to lie. I've been in situations where I've driven to the gym and I've never freaking got out of the car. I'm like, after this, man, I'm just not in the mood. I'm just not. I mean, I was in the mood 20 minutes ago. I'm not in the mood anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm not in the mood anymore. But you know what? I tell myself this, like, you know what? If I'm going to make up for it, I'm going to do a couple of push-ups when I get home. Maybe just literally, maybe just a couple of push-ups. Because again, I'm always constantly managing my my confidence. Because once I start, and I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but once I start going down that negative spiral, my I just beat myself up. You know, I just beat myself up. So I'm always looking for that that silver lining, even in the face of uh, of uh, negativity. Yeah.
2: And even um, too, another another great point here is that we can be our biggest cheerleader. Um, yeah, one of the downsides about social media is the whole thing about who likes your post, how many followers we have. Guys, yeah, like, come on. If we really get honest with ourselves, does that really matter? It's not. I mean, listen, I'm going to give you a very concrete example here. I lost my, my dad uh, Thanksgiving weekend think six years ago. Four months later, my mother passed away. And I can count, and I don't even need all five fingers how many people help my brother and I even just give some money. We didn't expect it, but at least give some money to help pay for funeral expenses. Again, I don't expect people to do that. But my point is, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, something happens,
1: your followers are not going to be like,
2: yo, what's up, Oscar? Here's 100 bucks, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and as much as our family members do love us, they may not always be around. Yeah. We may outlive them. And so it's it's really building that mental strength. Um, that's probably beyond the scope of this class. I go into some of that uh, mindset in the sales class, but um, I think it's really, really important as well, too. Um, yes, Ibrahim. Oh, no, please. This is engaging. Like expectations. I don't like to set expectations. I do set expectations, like a goal or whatever. Yeah. Then I bring myself back down. And stuff like that. So I like, just in life, like when I'm coming here, I'm not going to expect anything or you know, whatever. Yeah. Just you know, yeah. being like the present moment, I'm not going to expect anything. Right. Because when those expectations don't meet, yeah. then you're going to feel certain. So, you got to go through that. Yeah, the whole disappointment. But you know, when you say you're hard on yourself, maybe do you think your expectations might be too high? Yeah, that again, that's why like, I don't want to put expectations. You know, like when I go to the gym, you know, say, oh, I'm going to expect myself to have a work. I'm going to aim for that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah. Happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people do that as well, too, just to protect ourselves. from. No one likes to be disappointed. You know?
2: You, you know uh, what I call that? Actually, what you described is having grace. What, it, what, it, what do I mean by that? By having grace? Grace is forgiving someone, even if they don't deserve it. And... I've experienced grace from people. I've been forgiving for things that I didn't deserve to be forgiven, okay? And to this point, that goes a different area too, you know, of, of, of this conversation, but it's having grace. It's forgiving ourselves that, hey, um, I've had some goals in my business, you know, that I haven't accomplished or it took longer, but, but it, you know, I did have the expectations, set some goals. I didn't meet them, but then it's like, you know what? Let's just keep going. You know, it's kind of like what you said about how you know you go to the gym and you, and then you didn't even get out, but then you went back home and did two push-ups or something. It's it's that that grace. And so so all I'm saying is, uh, in my opinion, is is um, it's okay to have expectations. Okay, I would just say, uh, I, I would just reframe it in terms of having grace for ourselves and ultimately for other people. Just,
1: yeah. So. Switching gears, career questions. Do you guys have any career questions? Yeah, yeah, no, go yeah, go for it. I don't know, like, one of the first things, like, popped out to me, like, you said you were doing, like, you know, sales, startup, like, 12 years. Yes. And that's, like, a really long time. Like, what made you or give you that confidence? Like, hey, you
2: know, if you could have, you know, left that job. And yeah, yeah.
1: Nice and, stuff, and you took that risk, you know, what made you?
2: What you to take that? Yeah, so um, it's a, a great question. Uh, so part of it is that, is being here in Silicon Valley and with startups, you know, you get that bug and working in tech and and so forth. And I had some friends that uh, were working in tech at startups, and so I'm like, yeah, I think I want to kind of do this. And um, and so I got into doing sales, and I actually started off speaking of kind of this progression. I started off more doing like. Um, lead generation, okay? Meaning like reaching out to potential clients, prospects, qualifying them, turning those opportunities over to the salesperson, you know, and then, you know, maybe not maybe then that turned into like inside sales or outside sales, et cetera, and so forth. Um, so that was one reason. The second reason is the money was good. (laughs) who's good at, at tech. Never hurts. Somebody <laughs> was good attack, at and um, and then and then the other thing. Now looking back, because at the time I didn't think of it like this, but now looking back, um, on average, I was with the startup company for about eighteen months, and it and it wasn't because like I was a bad employee. It's just that most of them went out of business, maybe they got acquired, and then um, usually they lay people off, and the first two that they would let go those in sales and marketing okay so also maybe that kind of a little bit there's a competitive side to me i'm like okay i got laid off okay let me see
1: if i can get another yeah. so that's what, what kept me. Sure. yeah and you know in terms of discovering your career i it's not sometimes for me i don't look at it because i've had talk about different careers right If you guys read my bio i mean it's a bio major so you know you're being taught business by a biology major by the way <laughs> so there, um but I mean, I was a biology major and I went into accounting and then I went. To, no, no, I went to IT and then I went to accounting and finance and then I went to sales. Um, then I opened my own businesses. Sometimes it's not about, for me, about finding exactly what is it you want in life because it's really hard. It's almost like picking out a mate. It's like finding a, it's like finding a, a, a romantic partner. Sometimes it's a process of elimination. <laughs> you know, maybe you're not writing down what is it that you want perfectly, but maybe you're like, okay. I don't like, I don't like someone that's too aggressive. I don't want someone who's too in my face. Okay. I don't want someone who's too, too, too gentle because I'm alpha. And I want someone that can push me, motivate me. So it's the process of elimination when you're finding a mate, right? Cause you kind of know what you'd like, what you don't like. Same thing with work. You know, like accounting and finance, you know what? I don't want to sit behind a computer all day. Okay. I'd want a job that does that. Okay. Oh, I like this job, but it doesn't pay well. Okay. I need a job that pays more. You don't know until you try. And here's the good thing about changing careers you can always go back. It's not a one-way door. You can't just like, you can't do 12 years of sales and then leave. It's like, Oh, you're never gonna do sales again. You're you totally yeah. left. You just, no, you've got yeah. 12 years of experience. You can get, you can go start a business. You can go, yeah. you can go into a finance and just go back to sales. You want to say, Hey, I got 12 years of experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One. Well,
2: I, so the question is, you know, going out to college and being bilingual, was that going to pose a problem to me or did I think of it? Um, no, but it was challenging for me because, uh, at Berkeley, I, um, I was in remedial English class to help me with my writing. And, um, and, you know, of course, I mean, it, it goes back to, again, the, uh, the, the dual language not that that's a negative it's just it's, it is more challenging but today folks i will tell you this because i'm fully bilingual um you can and, test them by the way <laughs> yes fully bilingual and also here's the key thing bicultural because it's one thing to speak another language and it's another thing to actually understand the culture okay um i can learn german but you know like that could be it. I like. I don't know when you know anything else is going on, right? That's very, very key. And um, it's it's helped me throughout my career at different times in my career being fully bilingual, uh, bicultural in Spanish. Um, today, uh, in in my business, uh, in terms of training, uh, it's helped me and it's opened new doors, particularly in Latin America, to do training,
1: uh, out, train, training out there in Latin America. Yeah. I mean, in terms of being bilingual, trilingual, or just having different, uh, speaking different languages, it's a skill. Just like anything, like, okay, I know Excel, and I know PowerPoint. I mean, but it's a huge skill. It's a huge skill that you have, so definitely embrace it, leverage it, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Any other questions uh, related to careers? No? No, we're good? Okay, Oscar, thank you so much for your, oh, oh, go for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's it. Well, I'll let you answer that question. I can follow up. For a business
2: uh, business major? As a business major. Yeah, I mean, as a business major, you can um, uh, do some work in, I mean, obviously you can get into sales, marketing. Um, You can get into a lot of, now there's some of the data analysis, okay? Um, uh, Work that you can do. But here's the thing is is that, so we push a lot STEM, right? Get into tech, right? And pursue a career in STEM, right? We all know what STEM means, right? It stands for science, technology, right? Engineering, math. But I have a different meaning for STEM. Stop thinking everyone needs to major in engineering to get work in tech. Because I was a history major in college. at Chicano kind of studies. And people would be like, Oscar, do you want to be a professor? Do you want to teach? And I mean, nothing wrong with being a professor, but I was like, no, I just love history. And I realized early on, one, I, I knew I wasn't going to be a software developer, an accountant, because you do need to, right? But I wasn't going to, you know, be any of those. And it really didn't matter what I majored. And look, I ended up working in tech. So, yes, I mean, definitely your question is valid. but. But I mean, even if you know you do major or you don't major in business, you can pursue honestly
1: whatever it is that you want. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, and and I think this is where I kind of don't agree with a lot of the counselors that I that I've spoken to. And one, maybe because I'm not trained as a counselor, <laughs> so I you know I, I don't have a master's in I just I just I just have a PhD in life, but I don't I don't know anything about counseling. But I just know what has worked in my mind. In my mind, I don't focus on the degree. And what I, I think I tell students to focus on is focus on what you want to do and then reverse engineer back what that degree will be. Because this is what happens. And I see this in my night classes. I've seen students who graduate from good schools, Davis, Santa, you know, Santa, one student came from Santa Clara, another one from Berkeley, and they sit in my night class my business night classes. I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, I just graduated. I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing here? Um, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, I thought you graduated with a degree. I did, but it's, I got a degree in design. I got a degree in kinesiology. I got a degree in history. I got a degree in art. Okay. I can't get a job. Like, well, that's because you were focusing on the degree. The goal is not to get the degree. So at the college, they want you to get a degree because all the opportunities that opens up with having a degree, However, their goal is to, for you to cross that line and get that degree. Your goal is to be happy in life. You see how those don't always match? So it, the reason why I say you want to reverse engineer what you want to do in life is because maybe the degree that you want is, is different than what you think. Here's an example. Let's just say you want to start an app on fitness or something like that. Maybe you're a business major. Maybe you should be a computer science major. Maybe you should be a kinesiology major. It all depends on what you want to do in life. Maybe you need to be a psychology major because you understand the psychographic of the market that you're trying to attract versus getting that diploma crossing, walking across that, you know, on the podium, you get your degree. I'm like, okay, now what? You don't want to be in that position. So the better question is not the degree. The better question is what do you want to do? And what you don't, what you want to do. We just talked about that. Sometimes it's a process of elimination. Sometimes not what I want to do. Let me just try some stuff and see what I don't like. And then you start crossing things off. Okay, definitely don't want to work in a restaurant. That's not for me. Worked at in and out didn't like it. Worked at a mechanic. Definitely, I'm not a gearhead. I don't want to deal with cars. Oh, Worked in an office, staring at a computer all day. Can't do that. That's how you start figuring out what you want to do. And at the end of the day, I told you, I'm a bio major. If they're hiring you for your skills. As much as you think they're hiring you for your degree, they're hiring you for your skills. I didn't get, if if they were hiring me for my degree, I would have not been a business professor. (laughs) Like, don't laugh at me. You got a biology degree. Why? But they hired me because I have skills in business. So focus on what you want to do instead of the degree. Reverse engineer back. The degree will take care of itself. Worst case scenario, I tell students, get the degree that will get you out of college as quickly as possible. (laughs) I'm serious. At the end of the day, just, we're going back to being a perfectionist, right? Oh, but I want this degree because this is what I want to do, but it's going to take me three more years. No, you know what? You need to just get out. You don't want to be in school forever because every year that you're in school, that's opportunity cost that you could be out there making money and getting experience and networking with people and being a professional in development. Instead, you're hanging around other students who are trying to get their degrees as well too. So again, that is from an uneducated <laughs> counselor's advice, but I, I just don't want to see my students come back, in my classroom, five years later and says, Oh, I got my degree, but I don't know what I want to do now.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and see what what Professor Tran is talking about right now in my industry, the, the training side of thing, because I do career development training, there are um, certifications for career coaches, and people study pay money to get those certifications. And then, you know, you're certified, whatever it is, okay. I'm not knocking those down. Okay, I'm not. For me personally, I don't have an interest to pursue that certification because what I do is, is I refer to myself as a prac trainer. I actually made up that word. What prac trainer means is I practice what I train other people to do. A coach teaches you what you should do. If you don't believe me, think about in basketball or football, not this season, season do you, have, do you ever see a coach on the playing field? Yeah. In soccer, Never. they're wearing a suit. <laughs> exactly. A coach is telling the players, again, very valuable role. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking that person down, but they're not on the field. Imagine, let's just take sports, okay? Let's just take um, um, uh, whoever. pink Manning, okay? They're playing still football and they're training you wouldn't you rather get trained by someone that is actively playing the game and has the time and the willingness to train you because they can tell you dude i just got hit last sunday because i moved over here and if i and if you move over here you you're, they're gonna miss you yeah you, you see where i'm going yeah that's a prep trainer yep and so i don't give a rip about getting certified with a coach and whatever yeah. because what i train is again practical life experiences like he does and i practice what i teach other people to do
1: yeah and, and you know failure is part of the process guys i don't know why you know i i, I used to think that too it's like oh, i want to avoid failure i don't want to fail and like no if you're not failing then what are you learning you know, there, I read this great article uh, by Seth Godin, and he talked about how if you're acing all your classes, then what are you doing there? That means you're not learning anything. And <laughs> it which isn't right. So, I mean, the, the mind shift is so totally different the way you look at it. So, go watch some YouTube videos if, if you want to learn. Okay, I, maybe, I want, maybe, I like, maybe I like programming. Okay, go take, some, go take some Python classes or go learn something on YouTube. Fail at it, suck at it. Okay, you just learned. Move next, move on. Any other questions.
2: There's some comments down there on, on zoom. I'm not sure. uh,
1: let's see here. Oh, in the chat. Uh okay okay just a thank you all right great well thank you so much oscar for your time yes. um thank you everyone. Uh, this, this uh record this uh webinar is being recorded so i post it so you want to review it again uh oscar also gave a talk earlier this morning at eleven thirty to twelve thirty on a somewhat different topic i'll post that as well too you can view it or not it's optional for you okay so thank you oscar yes Thanks, thank you everyone
0: Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.